The following is brought to you by Dustin Campbell, Frank Latuka, Michael Bolick, The Joe Q Car Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, Jim Wright, Will Harris, and Craig. Politics, 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 politics. Welcome, everybody, to the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast. My name is Justin Robert Young, joining you for our Thanksgiving edition of the program. We got a great one for you. Uh, November 24th, 2020 is the date. It's over. Like, it's, it's over. It's over. It's over. It's done. It's over and it's done. It's over and done with. Isn't that a song? It's over and done with. It's over and done with. It, you know, it's it's the proclaimers, right? Because I can I can hear the song in a Scottish accent. God, it's in a movie too. It's in a good movie. Watch it not be in a good movie. Watch it be from like Ghost Rider Two, but for some reason I'm thinking of it. Anyway, uh, whatever. Donald Trump has agreed that the uh, transition to the Biden administration is beginning. We're going to pair that with the continued and sustained shedding of presidential power. But we're we're in the end game now. So we'll talk about that. With that out of the way, declining fading out of the way. We also begin one of my favorite parts of this process, and that is the musical chairs known as the transition. Ah, who gets in, who gets out, and we have some pretty fun uh, uh, plot lines playing out here, at least according to some of the reporting from Politico today. All that and a visit from our friend Jack Allison. We get the progressive perspective on this episode of the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast. Bird You call a gigantic press conference like that, one that lasts an hour, and you announce massive bombshells, then you better have some bombshells. They promised blockbuster stuff, and then nothing happened. And that's just, that's not, well, it's just, it's not good. That, of course, is the dulcet tones of El Rushbo. Rush Limbaugh... Uh, look, the the writing was on the wall. I mean, if anything, that press conference might well be the last serious act of Donald Trump's career, his his presidential career, his political career. Like that has to be taken into account because it seemed like. 
that was the last moment in which hardline Republicans, loyalists to Trump, both in government and in the media, were willing to kind of leave themselves hanging out there. Tucker Carlson pulled back after that. Laura Ingram pulled back after that. That's Rush, right? All power in conservative media flows through the formerly tobacco-stained fingers of Rush Limbaugh. And now we've seen more formal moves. Senator Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia and Rob Portman of Ohio, two advisors to the Senate Republican leadership, said that Biden won the election. And the big moment that came last night, the Governmental Services Agency. Now, this is a little bit of a... uh, (laughs) Uh, 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 formality, right? I mean, they're the people that move the desks. Where would you like the desk? Up against the wall? Or do you want it on the other wall? Do you like the wallpaper? Like, that's that's who they are. But they announced that the transition now begins to the Biden administration. And Trump said that that's going to happen. Now, he said that he's going to continue to fight. Well, here, let, let's, let's put Big Chungus in his own words. Quote, I want to thank Emily Murphy of the GSA for her steadfast dedication and loyalty to our country. She's been harassed, threatened, and abused, and I do not want to see this happen to her, her family, or employees of the GSA. Our case strongly continues. We will keep up the good fight, and I believe we will prevail. Nevertheless, in the best interest of our country, I am recommending that Emily and her team do what needs to be done with regard to initial protocols. I have told my team to do the same. Now, Trump still says that they're going to file a big lawsuit and we'll see where it goes, but it's done. This is it. Pennsylvania certified their vote. Georgia certified their vote. Michigan certified their vote. So unless you've got a big smoking gun that falls out of the sky and specifically is enough to overturn those certifications... It's a wrap. Like, you would need a cross-party level of evidence. Like, you would need both parties to say, wow, that screwed up. Someone just got caught with their hands in the cookie jar with enough votes that's going to overturn it. And that's just unlikely. It's not unlikely. It's extremely unlikely. Now, that is not to say that there's not issues here. The more I read about some of these, uh, in these affidavits about the, the Dominion stuff, the more it sounds like stuff that I've read out of DEFCON, the hacker convention, and Democracy Village for 10 years. Yes, these machines are hackable. Yes, they are vulnerable. Yes, you can manipulate the vote totals on them. However, it would take a really coordinated effort in the right counties that then wound up being the right counties on election night for them to be 
exploited. And the anomalies that they point out may very well be. But guess what? We're too far down the road for that. Unless you can prove that something happened, that's that. Like, I I, I hate to be a, a realist on this, but let's just talk turkey here, since it is Thanksgiving. Voter fraud has been part of the American experience for as long as we've had elections. You're going to get some hair and rat poop in the sausage. I don't doubt that it exists. It's why I bristle when people get very uh, chesty about only 1%. There's been only nine verified cases of voter. Come on. This has been a part of our system. And Donald Trump isn't the first president to believe that he got cheated after an election. Indeed, I would say that Donald Trump needs now to look to one political icon, one for which he should be lighting votive candles so he might channel his perseverance. Donald Trump needs to get a little religion from Richard Nixon. If the present trend continues, uh, if Mr. Kennedy, Senator Kennedy, will be the next president of the United States. uh, Congratulations to Senator Kennedy for his fine race in this campaign and to all of you. I am, I, am, I, am sure, I am sure his supporters are just as enthusiastic as you are. That, of course, is not Richard Nixon as he leaves office in the 70s, but rather Richard Nixon after his loss in 1960. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. If you want my thoughts about the 1960 race between Kennedy and Nixon and the 1964 race that followed it, I got a whole podcast about it. It's called Raise the Dead. Please go enjoy. I wanted to play that clip and bring us back to that moment in history because that wail of pain you heard from Nixon's supporters were because They then, and many fervently now, believe he was cheated out of that extraordinarily close race, specifically in Illinois and specifically in Texas. Richard Nixon, despite the fact that many in his own party wanted him to challenge that election, didn't. He didn't. For two reasons, one high-minded and one realistic. Let's start with the idealist. Remember in 1960 that we are in the throes of the Cold War. We're only years away from the Cuban Missile Crisis and the reality of the Soviet Union and the United States battling for the fate of the world is something that is not consigned to history books. That was the front page. Richard Nixon told friends that he didn't want to contest the election in 1960 because he was afraid that countries, specifically in Latin America and Africa, that were emerging 
and were being fought over by the Soviet Union and the U.S. and essentially choosing between democracy and free trade or communism would look at a legal fight over the leadership of the United States as a reason why democracy indeed was flawed and that a safer path awaited them in a collectivist, top-down leadership structure. Now, there was also the reality that Richard Nixon was far more of a party man than Donald Trump is. Richard Nixon was a career Republican, and he spent the next few years, A, running for governor in California disastrously, and then after that, even as a private citizen, raising money and staying active in Republican politics, both at the national and local level. But make no mistake, in Republican circles, the 1960 election stayed infamous. And in my opinion, it's part of the reason that in the total chaos of the 1968 election, that Nixon became a figure to rally around. Now, he ran a sharper campaign then, but his resurgence is something that was fueled by that close defeat. Donald Trump has a pathway back to the White House in 2024. He is a rare, rare, rare animal who increased his vote total from election to election as president and didn't win. The election was close. This was an extraordinary year, a once in a century year, considering the virus and the uh, Schrodinger's economy. We have no idea if it's healthy or dead. One minute, it's the Great Depression. The next minute, including today, we're hitting record highs on the Dow Jones. Is this a prelude to everything falling apart? Or were we indeed able to save the economy by turning it off and turning it back on again? We have no idea. All of these were uniquely perilous situations for Trump. But you can't come back if you don't eat the L. All of this can still be there for him. He's got four years of it if he wants, or he can steer the Republican Party in the direction that he chooses to. Indeed, if Donald Trump, and I don't know if he has this, I don't know if this is a part of his DNA. If he does want to look at himself as a generationally shifting standard bearer for the Republican Party, this is his moment to do it. And I get the sense that he understands that he needs to take a step back, that he needs to eat the L. But he has not done it since then. No, in this respect, Donald Trump is no Dick Nixon. Dick Nixon uh, uh, did his part in trying to heal the country afterward. On November 14th, 1960, 
he met with John F. Kennedy in Key Biscayne, Florida. It was something that in the Raise the Dead series, I, I said I wished would become a tradition. They should even go to that same hotel. But the two people that just ran sit down, have a meal, show that this is what politics really is. Run hard to the whistle and then shake hands after the game. Today, November 24th, Donald Trump spent most of the morning retweeting former actor and now professional kook Randy Quaid. Ring out, you bells of freedom. Sound the alarm across the land. Yeah, that's enough of that. Imagine that you're a hardworking Biden staffer. Things were never really that easy. But now, you'd like a job. Your man won. Sure, there were a bunch of people that joined on along the way. Success brings along those that would like to take it to the next level. But now that the Biden campaign is the Biden administration, you'd really like a solid paycheck. Especially if that paycheck has a big title to it. And so, we come to the grand tradition known as Transition Musical Chains. Just wait until the music stops and we see who gets each position. And so we've already seen Ron Klain as his chief of staff. We've seen John Kerry as the new climate change czar. We're likely going to get Janet Yellen as the treasury secretary, but stop! It's Alejandro Mayorkas who will be the Department of Homeland Security director. What about Secretary of State? Stop! Anthony Blinken gets that one. Now, what this often leads to is a lot of infighting because some people want those jobs and other people get them. Brian Lizza of Politico writes this. It's still early in the Biden transition and there are thousands of jobs to fill, but a sense of dread is starting to bubble up from veterans of the Biden campaign particularly those who were there with the president-elect from the Philadelphia announcement speech to the Wilmington victory speech. The target of their ire? The Obama establishment. Quote, The Obama staffers are now cutting out the people who got Biden elected. None of these people found the courage to help the VP when he was running, and now they are elevating their friends over the Biden people. It's effed up. F word or no, this is likely by design. The Biden campaign wants to present a familiarity to people. It reminds me a lot of how George W. Bush's cabinet looked a lot like his dad, George H.W. Bush's eight years early. And I can understand why some of the folks who took over the campaign would be chesty. After all, it's not like the Biden primary campaign was particularly well run. Still, this is again from Liza. 
There's a disconnect between the brain trust at the top of the campaign, which is now seamlessly moving to the top of the White House, and the Biden proletariat that made up the bulk of the campaign operation. The fear from the proles is that the brain trust doesn't understand that they are being left behind, and so they are speaking out anonymously in the hope that people like Klain and Ricketti and Donilon and perhaps even the president-elect himself will take notice. And maybe he will. Maybe this is just going to be short-lived. Stop! Or maybe those that took over for Biden after South Carolina believe that this is the real professional brain trust and everybody else, well, if they don't get a seat at the table, no one's going to miss them. I would like to thank everybody that supports this show. Quite honestly, uh, said it before, I'll say it again. If we're if we're being thankful, you know, Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday for the record. I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite thing. Now, a lot of what makes Thanksgiving special to me will not be available this year. Um like many of you, I I am, am away from my family. I live on the opposite coast. Normally, it's not a big deal to go visit them. And uh, I, I miss all of them terribly. I miss my mom and my brother and, and his wife and their two little kids and my, my niece and nephew. I miss going and visiting my wife's family out in Ohio. I miss watching football with my brother and my stepdad. But if there's one thing that I can absolutely be thankful for, it is the fact that you, you listening to this show right now, changed my life. Changed my life in 2020. This was a lark of a podcast four years ago. And I kept it going because I believed that these kinds of things, political things, tend to go in four-year cycles. And if I can earn your trust during the four years between the election, You'll be there for me and will grow during the election season. You guys in a world that was obviously very, very, very chaotic were just a, 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 a dawn breaking on the horizon. And I want to thank you for that. Uh, the, the, the little political vacation that I took uh, that I brought you guys along with me on gave me a lot of perspective and that was a huge part of it. So I want to thank specifically everybody that goes over to takepoliticsseriously.com kicks in a buck a week. Uh, uh, those of you that I know, look, money's tight for the holidays so I know people have uh, adjusted their pledges a little bit. Uh, the folks who have stayed on at all, went from one higher level and kept at the $3 level where you get 
your bonus content. And then even if they couldn't stay at the $3 level, stayed at the $1 level, guys, it is, just know how much it means. It means the world. TakePoliticsSeriously.com is where you go. And know that uh, wherever you are, if you're listening to this, I'm thankful for you. Our guest today is the host of the Struggle Session podcast, and you can find him on his morning show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash jackam. It is the one and only Jack Allison. Welcome back, Jack Allison. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, uh, how, are, how are you doing? Oh, uh, well, you know, I, I kind of feel like we're in a weird, we're in a weird phase with this election because it feels like it we're we're at the bar late and everybody that we were kind of there to hang out with has sure. gone but like we're still kind of having fun and so we stay there and it just increasingly becomes apparent that we probably should have left a little a it's little just, while ago it's just it is i mean it's like we can all kind of like stick around for the spectacle, you know what I mean? But the election is like over. It's kind of fun. You know, Trump is like having a little bit of fun setting up his like new streaming service or whatever. But like <laughs> really like all these legal threats. And, you know, I'm someone who really thought that like if Trump did come close enough, uh, um, you know, he probably could have like pulled off some like crafty sh <laughs> you know, with yeah. the Supreme Court and with the courts and everything like that. But, you know, with... The way the win worked out and what the legal threats I've been seeing are and what the legal team is, I'm like, this is reality television. It's not real. You know what I mean? It's like, no, yeah. You know. Well, that's that's the thing is that you realize that Trump was kind of in in a little bit more of a sinister way that with W, people kind of had him being both the mega idiot and the yeah. super genius, right? Like Trump was kind of everything to everyone. And so you're like, oh, yeah, well, he definitely has some big master plan to run a bum rush a case to the Supreme Court sure. and, and flip something. And then you're like, no, it's just Rudy Giuliani's brain you leaking know, and, and like, Sidney Powell you know, getting kicked off yeah, the legal team it, in 48 hours. It's like, you know, well, I, I do think that there was maybe a chance and if they really wanted to flex their power and if it was within 100,000 votes or something like that, they could have done something. But really, it just does feel like fake reality TV now. And that even Trump knows that, like, honestly, like with him yesterday, you know, saying, like, go ahead and do the transition. But I'm still. Like I'm still fighting. I'm still pretending that I'm mad. I'm like, well, <laughs> you're just like, it's just TV. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. this is just like at this point, like a fake television show. And like Biden is the president. And, you know, do I think it's a little bit like weird? And does it set up a dangerous time in America that like 70 million? Well, literally, I was thinking about this, Justin, is that like, yeah, since since actually the George W. Bush election, we have said that every president is illegitimate. 
Um, and yes. with George W. Bush, that actually, in my opinion, was accurate. <laughs> I do think that Bush, like, you know, kind of got the like, you know, the Supreme Court weighed in his favor and everything like that. And it was I do it think was. Yeah, was, it was it was certainly close enough. There was an that argument. You can squint. You can make yeah. an argument there. And you like, can squint. It becomes yeah. a matter of opinion on the Bush one or whatever. But I'm like, but then, you know, Obama, they said he's illegitimate because he doesn't have a birth certificate. And I'm like, well, I don't think that that's true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Obama sucks for many reasons, but like not being born in america is not one of them you know uh and then similarly on the trump election you know it was all about how like russia had got him elected and he's a foreign agent and like yeah. <laughs> and i'm like and i similarly also think that was not true you know what i mean yeah and like yeah. now we're in this election where it's like okay you know uh, thousands of hundreds of thousands of ballots were going in the rivers and you know the fisher have their mouth stuffed with ballots you know i'm like yeah i also don't think that's true so i'm like truly Maybe this is just what an empire looks like in decline. It's like every single yeah. election, you know, the opposing side is like, well, that's not accurate and we don't accept that election kind of wink, wink, you know? Well, it's, you know, yeah. And that's that's the thing is that, you know, especially toward the end of the election, like the biggest thing that I tend to get in general because I'm I'm trying to be right. I'm not trying to like get right. one side right. over the finish line uh, is like, oh, you're like both sides in it or whatever. And I'm like, well, but. Look, I, I at least is that is no one gonna remember that it was the Democrats yelling about the Diebold machines in two thousand and four like, and now it's and now it's the exact same thing now? Or like no matter what Sidney Powell is saying, if you just stretch that out by two years and give her an accent from New England, it was Rachel Maddow's show <laughs> for the first two years Look, of the uh, Yeah. Of uh, Trump administration, I, I think it's a very strange thing that we are, you know, and and I do think it's a little rich for Democrats to kind of be like, you know, how dare they, like, you know, how dare <laughs> Trump, like, this is the office of the presidency we're talking about. I'm like, didn't you all like say that he like is like Putin's boyfriend or some weird, yeah, like pretty exactly. recently? I'm like, you or, know, or it's like like. You went the entire time. We had Hillary Clinton's book and, and, and documentary look, series and, and look, graphic novel and like yeah. limited and novelty look, what, what, phone. What, what Trump uh, is doing is an, es is an escalation of that. You know what I mean? Like, sure. He, yeah. You know, it, it, it told people not to like work in the administration or in with the transition, although he ended up walking that back like yesterday. Uh, so this is an escalation of that. But it's but that is simply what it is, an escalation. You know what I mean? Like, that's actually what happens in politics. And maybe it was kind of irresponsible for us to keep going in there and this is kind of the natural escalation and what is the next natural escalation like we got to like right to the edge of a coup this time you know what I mean like they kind of did a fake one then and showed that a lot of people would actually be pretty okay if one happened you know what I mean and like we didn't really get the tanks in the street this time uh, uh, but it kind of showed that there's maybe an appetite for tanks in the street yeah very that's like makes me a little nervous you know for if somebody who's not Trump and who's not doing it to uh launch a reality you know uh, uh streaming service or something like that well, but that, uh, and that's that's the other thing all right so let's let's go into briefly post uh <laughs> post presidential trump life and and yeah. let's set 2024 aside for right mm -hmm. now i don't think he's got a plan for that either like i've heard since 2016 oh trump tv trump tv sure, there's sure. auditions happening <laughs> in, in new york for trump tv right. and now it's going to be he's going to leverage the office of the presidency into taking on Fox Nation yeah. and The Blaze. Uh, but it's like, 
then the Vanity Fair reported yesterday that uh, uh, News Corp was getting a hundred million dollar offer for him to have a book and specials on Fox News or whatever. Right. There's I don't think anyone knows. He doesn't. Well, know. I, I thought gonna... it was so funny. The the offers for a hundred million dollars that struck me as very much people being like, "Would you please leave office, sir?" Like that's like the the yeah. corporations and TV people being like, "Mr. Trump." You can get $100 million if you leave. And I think it actually worked, to be honest with you. I think he's like, okay, like maybe I'll do well, that. that. That's one of the things, but people are like, oh, he's, uh, you know, these these debts. I read a thing that Deutsche Bank I don't has a balloon word. payment. Honestly, up. like the amount of the amount that this guy got them in like stock manipulation and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't, I don't believe, I don't see any. And I could be, you know, I could eat my words on this, but I certainly don't see any criminal, you know, no. uh, uh, charges coming on Trump for taxes or anything. No. Uh, I don't think the SDNY or whatever the f is going to do anything to Trump, just like they won't do anything to any former president. You know, post Trump life. The only reason I keep saying streaming service uh, yeah. uh, is because I, it just does feel like that's the big, big moneymaker right now is like, you know, you go Glenn Beck, you go Bill O'Reilly and you just charge people like $30 a month, like forever uh, in perpetuity. And yeah, you have your hardcore audience. Yeah. That you just monetize and, and you that's just, your bedrock. I forever. think you do it all. I think you like keep raising. First of all, I one thing I suspect and this is my big prediction is that trump even after leaving office is never shutting down that campaign he is no. going to keep collecting money whether he runs or not or whatever until the day he dies that campaign is going to keep sending out emails and going to keep you know collecting money um so i think that yeah what you're going to see is trump do all of it like do the kind of like the big you know prestige books and probably appear on cnn when he's promoting them to be honest with you and then oh, he'll God. also have like the crazy q and streaming channel where like <laughs> 70 million people will sign up at 30 dollars a month and he'll mint money he'll also like hold court at mar-a-lago for all the cable news channels that can't get over the addiction and they won't be able to i swear like i watch brian stelter being so proud he's like taking trump alerts off on his phone i'm like let me see where you are in like june of next year and biden uh -huh. hasn't like appeared for a week and is boring when he does and uh, trump's over in mar-a-lago be like like shooting the shit and like you know talking about everybody you're suddenly i think gonna start feeling like it's very newsworthy what a former president has to say is what i think um uh look uh uh i had a dad in aa and a stepdad in gamblers anonymous <laughs> i've seen this scene before right trust right. me like this because you're emptying that bottle of booze into the sink doesn't mean that you are done all I'm right like, i'm telling you i'm like i see it in your eyes people like they're they're gonna have away teams at mar-a-lago and trump they loves are. that trump's just gonna live in tr truly what what post elect post white house life for trump is is he's a, the messiah figure of a religious uh of a political religious movement living in like a castle that he calls the win the winter white house yep. <laughs> that's it and and the only people in more in more uh, uh you know delusion than the media is if you watch the quotes coming out from the Republicans right now, sure. where they just kind of think like, all right, well, we got all these working class voters. All Marco Rubio has to do no. is wear Timberlands and, no. uh, you know, uh, go to a few uh, uh, bars <laughs> and, and take shots with the people in Michigan. And yeah. they're all going to be there. And it's like, no, no they're is, there for Trump. This they, is, that's it. This is actually why I think that the result of this election, you know, which is that Biden won. 
you know, I would argue not overwhelmingly. I think closer than it needed to be, but certainly more than. Oh, it was very. It was a, very close. Yeah. More than you know, more than like the narrow one state win that I actually kind of thought it was going to end up being. Uh, um, but you know, he also won narrowly without a huge mandate and without taking the Senate and with losing seats in the House. Any, I actually any coattails. Think, yeah. Any coattails. And I think it's like. You know, I, what I think it is, is like this is kind of the worst outcome of an election where you get rid of Trump, where it's like Trump is defeated, but Trumpism is not defeated. Like Trumpism actually is like shown to be like stronger than it was in 2016. You know, like we, yeah. we walk away from this election being like, holy shit, Joe Biden got by by the skin of his teeth in an election where everybody thought like that Americans would be logical and hate the guy who got a quarter million of them killed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we walk away from this election, Trump being, like, literally, like, one of the, like, the number two most popular politician in America just got 75 million votes, you know? Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy. And and I do think part of it, part of the conversation that I would love to have, and, and if Biden would have lost, it would have been the only thing I would have turned this podcast into, is just, like, a dissection of the largely liberal run gaslighting complex that sort of happens on social media and in mainstream media stuff where it's like, it it's there for engagement. It it radically warps what people should expect because Mm -hmm. if this were laid out as like, no, this is going to be a really, really, really close election. Right. Trump is probably more popular than he was right. in in uh, uh, 2016. But COVID, he screwed up COVID, and so it's going to make him vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. And like, and then Biden wins by that. It would have been, wow, look at that. Look no, at but you. It's the old, like, the but old it's, dog did it. This is the soul it. of America, and Americans don't like this. Exactly. We won't stand up for this. And I'm like, well, actually, it turns out like nearly everybody actually is into it. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people like, we, you know, everybody talks about how it's like the most votes ever cast. And it's like, yeah, this is the most votes ever cast in American election. And what a goddamn absolutely terrifying result. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. we got we got the most, you know, everybody was so annoying about saying like Joe Biden has now received the most votes ever of a presidential candidate because he beat, you know, Obama's 08 record. And then Trump beat Obama's 08 record, too. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. yes, Biden has received the most votes ever of any presidential candidate candidate and number two is donald trump <laughs> yeah and by and large it's because of you know covid yeah COVID, they, they, they scared the stability voter and that was it that was a wrap like you know, it, because he couldn't talk calm on television and i also think like trump is going nowhere you know people have already talked about trump 2024 and i definitely think it's like possible it's also very possible trump just runs like a, a super beefed up campaign just to sort of like run sales again you know what i mean but then like yeah. that's kind of what he did last time too and he accidentally won so you know what i mean it's like i, I, I think know. yeah the only the only <laughs> thing that would stop him from running is how if he really enjoys his life now yeah like if if he's just at mar-a-lago the entire like time, loving it yeah and he can just throw molotov cocktails yeah and and just you know rake everybody over the coals forget all of his misses and highlight all of his successes right and, and that would be that if he just makes Our, it the trump mansion where he or the trump uh, museum where he lives and that's it yeah <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah and you can play through on on uh on hole four yeah um <laughs> all right so let me let me turn to biden yeah real quick because now we're starting to see the beginning of his cabinet come together. Sure. And the biggest thing, and I say it earlier on this podcast, that 
I've it reminds me the most of is when George W. Bush came in and just all of George H. W. Bush's cabinet just showed back up for work. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's basically what this is with Obama's people. Yeah, it's the Obama people. And it's also the Obama people sort of after they've sold out completely like the Obama yeah. people the first time around, there were some of them who were at least like naive and wanted to do good things. Now we're getting all every single Obama person has gone to work at like Uber at this point. And now they're coming yeah. back to the White House. You know what I mean? Um, the cabinet, you know, is, is looking really bad. You know, it's a lot of uh, uh, lobbyists. It's uh, this guy. Who's the uh, t Tony Balinski? Who's the, the guy that's the secretary of state? A Blinken, <laughs> A Blinken, yeah. A Blinken, yeah, yeah. Anthony, Blinken. Anthony Blinken, A Tony Blinken, Blinken, A Blinken. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, Anthony Blinken uh, uh, did his time in the private sector after the Obama administration, and he worked in lobbying. Um, and you know, this is kind of exactly what you expect out of the Biden presidency. And uh, you know, part of the reason why I thought Biden is such a bad nominee. Uh, uh, it does <laughs> seem like what we're going to get here is like kind of the sense, like, I think everybody is like, let's get back to what Obama was doing, not realizing that Obama like left, like set us up for Trump. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it seems like we're really aggressively going to go back to like, this is how things were and this was good. And I'm like, well, okay, like, then who who do we have in the Democratic Party that has any kind of Q score like Biden? Because the next Trump, who the hell are you going to run against him? You know what I mean? Well, and that's the thing that's kind of crazy to me now is that if you even look at the talking points coming out of the the Biden transition team, it's like boring, professional and boring. Yeah. Or like literally, I'm not making that up. Like these are the words they that want they're using to, to describe their cabinet. And it's like, there's not really a like, First 100 days yeah. plan. Well, it's like, like a, ma I... a mask mandate is pretty much the only thing. It's like, and, okay, And by cool. the way, I don't even know if they're going to do a mask mandate because Biden has other times said, like, I don't want to do a mask mandate. And I'm like, and also, by the way, what, what is, how are you going to enforce a mask mandate? Like, are you actually trying, are you talking well, about even like. even then, it's like, yeah, who, I mean, whatever. I know, yeah, whatever, so, so all this now, now, now that we're at our most politically divided and we actually know by a head count how many people will hate anything that Biden says. <laughs> right. Now and we're going to do view the, him we should all wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, this is what I, you know, a lot of people have been gloating to me about Biden because I'm, I don't like Biden and I've posted about that on Twitter and I, I get some of the same stuff as you do where it's like, I'm simply saying like what I observe and what I think is happening and I certainly have bias like anybody else does, but I'm not like, I'm not like, writing fan fiction about what I want to happen. You know what I mean? Like people are like, you like pined for Trump to win. I'm like, no, I just thought Trump was like doing better than everybody thought he was doing. Yeah. And that was actually borne out by like reality in the end. You know what I mean? Like Biden yeah. did win, but whatever, you know, uh, uh, I, I'm not like wanting these things to happen because of this. Uh, um, but you know, in the post-election, some Biden people have been like sort of gloating to me about how Biden won. Uh, um, and I've been asking them like, so just like, tell me like what, tangible thing that you think like what you expect Biden to do you know what I mean like yeah. tell me a tangible thing that you expect Biden to do and it does take for ever you know what I mean <laughs> like people will they for, for they will say a lot of like um the sort of DNC uh, um you know, like bullet points from the website, like build back strong. Right, he'll be like, he's gonna build that back. They'll so be like, strong, I expect him to to um to bolster uh, and strengthen the ACA, and I'm like, and so, 
what do you expect that he's going to be doing to do that? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, what are does we that talking mean? about the tax mandate? Are we talking about like a public option? Are we saying single payer? Like, what does that mean? Because if you're just saying bolster, then no matter what, he's going to be able to say he bolstered it. And you're going to say like that he did what he said. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what do you actually what are you gloating about? What do you want from this person? What do you expect to have happen? You know what I mean? And I think a lot of it just comes down to like he is not Trump. And That's I it. and I and I agree with that. I do think that they're right about that, that he is not he's not the man. He's physically not Donald J. Trump, you know, the TV star <laughs> and, you know, real estate I, I, magnate. <laughs> I think that is it. Like he I think for 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 a lot of people, they might not realize it, but he's some 41. He's like a one hit wonder. He already did the thing that we're going to love him most for for those people that love him. It's true. Like. He he beat Trump and Trump's out. And now it's like you even see it in some of the conversation about, you know, all this transition stuff. And it's like, look, at the end of the day, if this is effectively the end of it and Rush Limbaugh's talking about how Trump needs to step off the stage now yeah. and stuff like that, then it was like, all right, it was two and a half weeks after the election in a very weird year, whatever. Yeah. Like that is what it is. If he does walk off the stage and Biden's there now, then I do think that, like, I wonder just how long the, like, isn't it nice that it's boring? I know. Isn't it nice that we're not, that nobody has anything to talk about on the cable news networks? Right. I wonder how long that lasts or or whether or not it does just go back to covering Trump's Twitter like uh, it's the life or death scrolls of Zion. Well, I mean, I'm like, well, like, okay. <laughs> I know that it's like a little bit sort of basic to talk about table table TV news ratings and they would all bristle at ratings and everything like that. But at a certain point, they actually do care about ratings and they do care yeah. about people watching these shows and everything like that. And, you know, I think it's going to be a hard sell. The like, isn't everything so boring as COVID like does actually continue to kill hundreds of thousands of people? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I, I just think that like. You know, I think that they're going to want to do it, uh, but I think that they're going to be distracted by, you know, how salacious the world is. And I think Biden will not respond to it very well. And I think Trump is going to be tossing out, as you said, some tasty Molotovs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, and they'll be aghast at it, but they'll be like, this is what Trump is saying. And it simply is not true. Very tapper. Well, that's. Exactly. Yeah. No, we have our fact checkers uh, has come out and said that a lot of things are not true. Uh, one of the people that you have put in your in your sites and, and so far, at least to my knowledge, he has not taken the bait no. in, a, in a classic Jack Allison <laughs> Twitter uh, trap uh, is Jake Tapper. Sure. Tapper sucks. Uh, Tapper really sucks. <laughs> yeah. Give me give me your so, Tapper. So listen, your Tapper, Tapper, Tapper sucks for like a million reasons. He is like. You know, kind of, I think the most, well, first of all, I think that he um, is deceptive to people. Like, because I've said, I think Jake, Jake Tapper sucks to people and they're like, oh, no, I think he's kind of like one of the good ones or whatever. Because Tapper actually does, he is like slightly more invested or involved. He seems slightly more like a reporter, I guess I would say. Yes. Than yes. like Anderson Cooper seems, or Chris, seems, Chris Cuomo seems, or whatever. Yeah. He seems like he's actually more serious than a lot of the TV hosts. But that's actually kind of like why he's a little more deceptive of a host. Uh, uh, Jake Tapper is, I think, the emblematic of like the most sort of annoying, self-congratulatory, like we are heroes, uh, uh, you know, kind of philosophy that journalists have had under Trump. 
Trump, which, you know, it is definitely bad that Trump has been targeting journalists, but I don't know that the best reaction is to be like, and guess what? Like, we are heroes for doing what which, we do. Yeah, it's and, like, that's, and that's something that I've, you know, coming out of the world of journalism, it's a ego depleting business. Yeah. And it's it all you do is have people hang up on you and tell you you suck. Right. Like every day. And so it's like the the worst instincts of journalists, I think, came out during Trump where it was like, no, no, no. Like now that people want to believe it because we have a common enemy. Right. Like we're actually the true heroes. Yes, yes. And I think like Tapper really, really like gets off on that. Tapper is also like one of these guys. It's like very, very annoying about like loving the troops all the time and being a big time. You know, I am a big supporter of always the troops and everything like that. But the thing that has actually been setting me off with Tapper most recently, and I posted a couple clips of it on Twitter, is Jake Tapper like made a wrote a book about like, you know, a platoon in Afghanistan and they made it into a movie and he like is promoting it all the time on <laughs> CNN. Like he's on his show, like going directly from talking and, and, and what's really f about it. And this is what I mean by like, he's annoying with his, like I'm supporting the troop stuff is he couches it in like, this is advocacy for the troops. He's like, you know, many people don't know that the war in Afghanistan is still going on. Uh, and so here's a look at my upcoming film, the outpost where we did a visit to the set. You know what I mean? I'm like this guy, like this is the worst of like, you know, I'm a hero journalism stuff because he's like promoting a movie that he's going to make money from and saying that he's a hero for doing it. Like, you are such an asshole, like Jake Tapper, like that he, number one, even has the like audacity to be advertising his movie and doing set visits to his own movie <laughs> on his news channel is ridiculous. But then also to be like, and actually, this is quite honorable what I'm doing here uh, by showing you this uh, visit to set of uh, the movie they're making of my book. And that's part of the blending of television news. Yeah. Like television news just has this this ability to go seamlessly from one to the other where where they just want everybody to believe, oh, well, it all looks the same. He's yeah. using the same tone of voice. Well, this definitely isn't SpawnCon. And let's talk about how that bleeds over to the other side as well, actually, because, you know, I think that what we're witnessing, you know, with Trump and, you know, in, in a very bipartisan way is a complete flattening of the world of politics and the world of entertainment, you know, which I yeah. always thought were very similar to begin with. You know, I came up in entertainment and then I worked, I visited D.C. and I met people from D.C. and stuff. And I was like, man, it really is weird. I was just a bunch of like assistants working for these like very powerful, but like ultimately like pretty stupid people. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> who like have all the money and power on the planet. These very famous cults of personality yeah, for know. which all the money gathers around. And and it's all and it's just a staff of like 22 year olds who are actually doing everything for them and like write everything they say. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's like very similar. But now we're seeing a total flattening of both. It's like, you know, I was noticing a while ago that, you know, it's like all the people in politics and in news reporting are represented at the same agencies, you know, yep. that that movie stars are represented at, you know. So it's like, you know, we're talking about Jake Tapper. He's represented at UTA, uh, United Talent Agency, where uh, I believe uh, 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 where Mike Pence's daughter also works. They also represent uh, Cindy McCain uh, yep. at United Talent Agency. Uh, um, you know, the Kardashians, I think, are at CAA, where Van Jones also is. And so, you know, of course, Van Jones is now Kim Kardashian's legal mentor. You know, uh, uh, yeah. Trump is a reality television 
action star who became the president. And the last president, Barack Obama, started a production company where he's got a, a production deal with Netflix and he's producing um, sketch comedy programming about how the government works. I mean, let me be yeah. like very clear about this. Like when the former president is producing a program about how the government works and his party is in office and in fact his vice president is in office that's propaganda like yeah. that actually is propaganda you know what i mean and i yeah. think we are seeing this like real blurring of all of it like jake tapper is promoting his movie on tv and saying that this is news because it's like advocacy but really he's making money off of it and the whole movie even happened because he's represented at uta where john mccain's wife is also represented and barack obama goes to do shows at netflix where susan rice is on the board i'm like it's all too gross <laughs> and like <laughs> we have ruined it all like i i actually am like kind of beyond about like barack obama starting a production company but you know what are you gonna do i mean is that more odious than uh his part one memoirs that are like three <laughs> lord of the rings trilogies taped together listen i i read some clips from the memoirs and you know i think that barack you know barack is such an interesting character because, like, he he's resigned himself to everybody thinking he's stupid or something. Like, he I don't know what the hell he actually thinks, but, like, you know, he really makes himself seem, like, very gullible in the book. Like, he's like, I just did what, like, the Republican Hank Paulson told me to do, and then they all got, like, a bunch of, like, bailouts and stuff. And I'm like, and so, like, that he, like, point, he, like, puts that forward as that some, like, you know, this is what you need to do, and this is bipartisanship. And I'm like, no, you just got <laughs> fooled, you fuck idiot like i don't like well i don't even know what to make of that like i either he's smarter than that and he like understands like you know or like is involved in some higher way with all this stuff or he's just like truly dumb and naive and i i don't really don't know what to believe with that with this guy all right real quick to close out let's get to a cause that is near and dear to your heart and that is certainly progressive politics mm -hmm. uh bernie Makes a, a stronger showing in sure. 2020 than he did in 2016. You know, has the heart attack scare and and uh, uh, you know, COVID obviously factors into sure. him probably fading out a little bit earlier than he would have otherwise. It seemed like, at least in terms of the leadership of the progressive wing, there was a coalescing behind Biden. So it wasn't the kind of uh, infighting that sure. uh, at least Hillary Clinton made in in 20 made a big deal of in 2016 but now it definitely seems especially now that we're seeing this cabinet feel out that the the the, the ceasefire is is over sure but but where how do you see the world how do i see it is honestly you know i um I honestly don't think that there's any pushing Joe Biden left is truly what I think. Uh, uh, I think that like, but I don't think you were, you were never, I never, never thought, assumed that. I never thought that there anyway, was ever right? any pushing Joe yeah. Biden left. And you know, and do I think that there are people on the progressive side that said you have to vote Biden and said that there was pushing him left that didn't really believe that themselves. Sure. Of course I do, but it's all fine. People have their own feelings about, you know, uh, uh, the imperativeness of the election. And I think a lot of people had like hurt feelings over the last Trump win. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I definitely think yeah. Bernie was like, I don't want to keep catching 
from everybody for saying yeah. for Trump winning or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, but as far as like the state of the world goes, there's no pushing Joe Biden left. I don't think uh, um, we could maybe get some things. And I certainly think we should hold a lot of like, you know, just have tons of pressure on Biden and like constant protesting of Biden. And I certainly hope we do. Um, you know, as far as like I, I, it, my opinion is, is that, you know, progressives need to look past the presidency, um, you know, and really, really work on building out our uh, bench. Um, you know, we have a couple great young faces in like AOC and Ilhan and the squad, Rashid Tlaib, uh, you know, uh, there are some young faces that are that are out there that uh, uh, have, you know, made a splash in media and everything like that. But we truly just need more people because, you know, when it comes to winning something like the presidency, like you really just need a lot of like you need a lot of like availability. You know what I mean? Like you just need a yeah. lot. You need to like have a whole shotgun blast. You know what I mean? Like we need to like, you know, have as many options in there as possible. So, you know, I think that the left has, you know, the the emergent sort of uh, uh, American left uh, and the sort of like new young left movement that I think like, you know, sort of that arguably, you know, was, uh, uh, I guess, like, like start not started by Bernie, but like kickstarted by the Bernie 2016 campaign. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that what, what they've proven that they're very good at it is like, you know, staying passionate uh, uh, and, you know, we're good at electing people locally sort of in some uh, unlikely circumstances and stuff like that. And we're also very good, the online left, at like actually the careers of like young neoliberal rising stars. <laughs> I truly believe that. And I am not joking when I say that that's equally important. It's like the Joe Kennedy machine got itself majorly f uh, up. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. like the Kennedy family dynastic politics. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, you know, if I'm looking at the left in the United States, I'm like, let's not look at the presidency for 2024, 2028, because, you know, some people don't agree with me, but I believe that, uh, uh, that Joe Biden will run for president in uh, I, 2024. I totally no, I fuck. totally agree with you. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, listen, like, Biden, uh, like Reagan was had dementia like for the near entirety of his presidency. So people being like he won't be able to, I'm like, but you just you just is, can't you can't be president if you're not going to yeah, run again. If he's like, alive, just, if he's happen. if he's alive, yeah. uh, if he's alive, there will be people that run him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whether or not he wants to. So it is very silly. All this like wishful thinking about Kamala running in 2024 because it's not going to happen. So Kamala is the nominee for 2028, you know, barring anything like extremely crazy that like her career, she will be like the heir apparent whether or not Biden wins in 2024. And so we really are looking at like 2032 <laughs> before you have like a reasonable shot at the Democrat side on, you know, the presidency. Part of the reason why I thought that it was so imperative uh, uh, to campaign for Bernie this year. Uh, and I just certainly hope we we uh, uh, can can make it that long without the sea levels uh, uh, rising too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so you. Are are you are you bearish on on an AOC run before then, or even in twenty twenty eight in a in an I, open primary? I I'm I'm bearish on it, like working. Frankly, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I I do think that like my feeling is this: uh, the the centrist the centrist sort of establishment Democrats will fight as hard as they can against the progressive wing. Uh, uh, you know, 
whenever possible. Um, but I do think that that wing is like older and aging out a little bit. And so, you know, aside from Kamala, I just really don't see like the rising stars on that side. And, th and that's why, and that's why you're focused on just crushing the eggs. I swear just to God, crushing I all the about, eggs. It's about crushing the hatch. eggs, but it's also really, really about, you know, getting progressive elected locally at every single level. It's like dog catcher, Congress, you know, every single let's try to look at every single spot, because, you know, if I look at Los Angeles, you know, uh, uh, if you look at what happened in California, it's very bad, you know, on a sort of state level. But if you start to look at the local level stuff like, you know, we were able to uh, uh, get some people elected, like we got Nithya Rahman elected uh, to the city council here. And it's like that's all very small stuff. But we do need to, like, build out a big, gigantic roster of, you know, new talent that don't have the kind of like that don't have like but Bernie did have some baggage weirdly with old people you know what I mean yeah. like yeah. Bernie had baggage and so it's like AOC does have baggage too and so it's like I love I, I like AOC I am bearish on or I'm bullish on AOC in general but I just think that like let's let's stop trying to put the movement all the eggs in one basket you know what I mean and like we really need like the scattershot approach uh, because like if it's just if no, it's just no, no, if it's no, just no, all yeah. the energy every four years for these presidential runs, it's just it's never going to happen because there's just too much institutional uh, uh, barriers up. So you really what you have to do is like, you know, make it so that the that the institution literally has no choice but your people. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, Nancy Pelosi's not going to be alive forever, you know? If you can smother every John Ossoff and uh, uh yeah, exactly. And Pete Buttigieg, they're just going to run out at a certain point. I guess yeah, the Ossoff, that that'll be the next thing. We will uh, see. We will see what happens with John Ossoff and I think it would be great to win the Senate, although I'm like, what you do with it if you have you know joe donnelly and joe manchin and even ossoff yeah. is like i'm against the green new deal or whatever uh i suspect i personally believe that ossoff is going to do badly and warnock will do better uh because uh ossoff just is a charisma void and they tried this already before <laughs> i know yeah well you know look they spent a kajillion dollars to not get him elected in the house they're gonna spend see what uh, happens. two kajillion dollars to yep. not get him elected in the senate so 2028 Let's let's spend three kajillion dollars so yes. we can't win the White House. The White House. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course, you can find him on Struggle Session and his uh, morning show on Twitch, Jack AM, twitch.tv slash Jack AM, and on Twitter, where he does, in my opinion, his best work, <laughs> uh, at Jack Allison, LOL. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to talk to you, as always. And that'll wrap it up for us today. Thanks again to Jack Allison. Uh, a little housekeeping note. Hopefully it does not affect anybody, but I, I did just want to let everybody know uh, we're switching the way that we deliver our free political newsletter. If you haven't subscribed to the free political newsletter, you can do so by going to freepoliticalnewsletter.com. But we were on the MailChimp platform. MailChimp, which is great, but it's a little bit expensive, largely because it's mostly there for commerce. It's mostly there so you can sell hats and shoes and stuff like that. So every Black Friday email, for example, that you're going to get over the next 48 hours and probably have gotten for the last 72 are on MailChimp, which is great because it's great for that. But it's not necessarily for writing. And so I tried out Substack, 
and Substack is really good. So you can head on over to Free Political Newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com and you can sign up. It's going to give you options to, to, to subscribe. Don't even worry about it. Just sign up for free. I don't want your money right now. If you want to pay me the money, it's fine. But but I don't want your money. Uh, there's going to be no paywalled content right now. If there is, then I'll, I'll let you know down the line. But let me just make this solemn pledge to you. The, the five-day-a-week free political newsletter will be free. You will get that free newsletter no matter what. This is just an easier place to write on. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about our Titanic $10 tier. Uh, again, the, the nicknames, we got to send out a, an email about the new nicknames. So uh, apologies on that. But here we go. Catherine, Jason, Paul, Katie, Rob, and vote for Gloria Young 2024 and forever. Justin, Lord Generic Frenchman, Martin, Jacob, Alec, Government Unfiltered, Jerry, Andres, Neil, Archie, Darren, Daily Tech News Show, Paul, Adam, David, Jacob, Olin and Angela, DL, Stephen, Kyle, Chad, Nomadic Terran, Miranda, Jenny, Robert, Paul, the most conscientious nonpartisan listeners, David, Brad, Richard, D Laser, Chris, Peter, Ed, the Goose, just another pilot, middle-aged Mike, Scale, the Gen, MacBook Pro, Leon, Frozen Summers, J Pink, Andrew, and James. You want to be a part of their team? Head on over to Take Politics Seriously. Dot com. Keep this little operation rolling. Again, we are going to be in Georgia for those January 5th runoffs coming up. Till next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this, this is the only show that dares talk about Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.